gold on its back again. Silver's not looking too good. Copper's looking pretty good, despite China selling into the market to keep prices down. We'll get into that. I'll ask Mr. Hodge about the VIX and the 10-year and get his thoughts on the dollar. We'll talk the jobs report, which is kind of what gave gold the one-two. We'll talk Mexico suing U.S. gun manufacturers for what we've been telling you here for years, the running of guns to Mexico. It's amazing. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the world famous Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 129 of Bizarro World. Nick, it's been quite the week and you are quite the writer, sir. It turns out, before we get into the markets and everything else, it turns out that you are such a good writer that some of the bigger names in the publishing domain, specifically financial publishing companies, decided to borrow some of your ideas? Would that be the right word? Directly borrow. <laughs> What's another without, word? What's another word for directly borrow? Let me think. Without asking. <laughs> What's another word? What's another word? Um, it's been an interesting week. We'll get into that in just a second. How the heck are you, first and foremost? I'm doing good, Gerardo. It's uh, not a slow summer. I, everything is uh, happening uh, at the same time, as we were talking about before we started recording, uh, both in, you know, markets and in, in personal life and that's and in business. And that's how it goes. And so uh, busy, 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 but everyone's uh, healthy and, and happy. And so uh, we're doing good. How about you? I, I'm doing great. Same. You know, um, it's 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 been a busy summer. You know how busy it's been both personally and professionally. No complaints. All is well. But let, let, let's get into the jobs report. We had, and, and, and we, we kind of saw this coming. We talked about this uh, last week and the week before about, you know, the possibility of a, a robust jobs report maybe being a bit de- detrimental to gold um, in the near term, in the short term. And I personally think that's exactly all it is. Gold is down some 40 bucks today. It's Friday, August the 6th. It's down to 1764. Silver got hit pretty good. It's down below 25 bucks, down 3%, down to 2440 right now. But I, I actually happen to think that gold and silver are, specifically gold, is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. I don't see this pullback in light of the robust jobs numbers um, as, as, as detrimental to the, to the mid or the long-term um, price targets that I have. Thoughts on your end of it? It was an interesting week. I mean, um, the, the report was good. The number was 943,000 jobs added in uh, July. So you're still getting that uh, recovery. Uh, I think what what I was saying is that your recovery is not going to continue at that sort of V-shaped pace, right? It's going to start to level off. And so it's good to see jobs come back. If you want to have the glass half full, you would say that, you know, we're still, you know, five to eight million jobs less than we had before people knew what COVID-19 was. And so uh, there's still a lot of jobs to to come back. The market uh, clearly liked it. And that's when I say the market, I'm talking about the stock market, S&P 500. Uh, the market liked it. S&P back to all-time highs. The tech stocks uh, doing pretty good. NASDAQ back at uh, all-time highs as as well. And um, and so, you know, I was talking about uh, a, a rotation. You sort mm-hmm. of, it, be, it being harder for stocks to hit highs and it being, uh, better for gold. And so it remains to see if that's the 
uh, wrong quote unquote call, or if this uh, jobs report today is, you know, going to pretend uh, something else next week in the market. I guess a couple of other points is that volume extremely low today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that's not a full representation of the of the market when the full breadth of volume isn't in there. I think average S&P volume is normally in the 60 some uh, million or something like that. And I saw it down, you know, two thirds less than that today. And so, um, you know, bond yields perked up a little bit. Another reason that gold is selling off. Gold needs to get itself back uh, closer to 1800 than not, I would say, in 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 sooner than later before this uh, cycle starts going the other way. And and that can totally happen as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of interesting data this week that sort of, at least for me, was uh, antithetical to what I thought uh, was happening. Maybe not totally surprised in the in the jobs number but the the markets really seem to like it stocks really seem to like <laughs> it and and gold didn't and so like i say we'll see if that's uh, anomalistic or not everything is awesome uh the dow the s&p record highs again um i'm sure harry dent is somewhere pulling whatever hair he's got left out um is 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 this jobs recovery and these types of numbers sustainable is a question that you asked last week and i think you know we're starting to see the fallout of, of, you know, a combination of factors, the, the, the resurgence of, of COVID with this Delta variant that's increasingly affecting, you know, younger and younger people. And, you know, there's still a lot of people that refuse to, to, to get the vaccination or wear a mask, you know, either or. And, you know, I guess at the end of the day, everybody has an individual choice um, to look after their health in the way that they see fit for themselves. But, I think it's starting to spill over in pretty consequential fashion. I mean, you had Spirit Airlines this week canceled hundreds and hundreds of flights. Um, This is just on Friday. This is just today Um, because of reductions and cancellations is what they called it, which is, you know, uh, 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 they called it an overlapping operational issue, which means all of their staff is quitting because it's no longer worth it to work for an airline that doesn't treat its employees very well. And I say this because hmm. Spirit was trash before Delta and before COVID. Uh, you know, I've had the misfortune of flying on Spirit a couple of times in the last couple of years where I couldn't fly on any other airline. And I had a situation once where I showed up at the airport an hour and a half before the flight was scheduled to leave and there was nobody at the terminal. It took me an hour and 15 minutes to find someone to take my luggage and by that time, they said that I had missed the cutoff because the plane left early. <laughs> Mind you, this is a business trip. So I look like a complete asshole to the people that I was supposed to be meeting up with. Right. And so, you know, spirit has been trash for years. And I'm sure just like with other things, law enforcement officers and government, I'm sure there's some good apples in there somewhere. But the bulk of my experience um, tells me that Spirit Airlines, this isn't a new thing for y'all. Y'all just don't run a very um, tight ship or a very reputable one. And, you know, jokes aside and complaints aside, you know, there, there's been kids and women. I, I, I saw a story out of Puerto Rico. Kids and women sleeping in airports for three to four days, Nick. Because of Spirit? Because of Spirit. Because of the cancellations. Yeah. And, and, and let me be clear, it hasn't just been Spirit. But the, the, the response from Spirit um, has, has been extremely lackluster. And I think 
really indicative of of, of the quality of, of of the airline there. You know, the same airline that's asking for bailouts. I was going to say, I was just going to say the same airlines we bailed out with with uh, taxpayer money, right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, they're offering to pay staff double now to help with the flight cancellations. And that's not even enough to bring people back. So last week we talked about the people walking out of Burger King because they wouldn't fix the AC. And it's hot when you're grilling burgers and cooking French fries in a fryer full of oil. Um, the least you could do is provide your employees some AC, right? Um, and, and now it's spirit having to offer double pay to staff. And so, you know, when the airline, when spirit airline CEO says we couldn't get in front of it, um, explaining the meltdown, uh, I call BS on that. You could have absolutely gotten in front of it because you've been behind the eight ball for a very long time. Um, I was started to think about rent. Do these employees have to pay rent because there's st- <laughs> there's still a large moratorium, and so everybody is really I- impacted by what's going on here. The the rent moratorium was back in the news this week, and it's turning into surprise, surprise, a very you know political issue, but also a very like uh, wealth inequality issue, right? With sort of not all the renters, of course, but I've seen some renters, you know, basically like, you know, fuck the ownership class and fuck all landlords, essentially, which is, you know, not necessarily, I don't think the right tact to take, especially because there's a difference between uh, corporate landlords, uh, slum lords, and, you know, small mom and pop landlords, right? And so, um I don't know why I started thinking about rent. I guess I was thinking about uh, workers, employees leveraging what's going on for for higher salaries and not having uh, to pay rent and and how long that's going to last. And I don't know. I just started thinking about rent. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting. It it, it goes back, and again, I'm going to personalize it. Um, it. It goes back to I think how you treat people, whether you're an employer, whether you know, you own a publishing company um, the way that we do or a media company the way that we do, or you have tenants the way that that, that I do, right? I have rental property um, in, in Alaska and uh, in other places, but in Alaska specifically. And I've had the same tenants in one property, I think for over eight years now. They've and, and maybe I'm just the anomaly and I'm lucky. I'm not saying it's because, you know, I'm the greatest guy on, on the planet. Um, but they've never missed a payment. They've never been late with a payment. Um, they've never asked uh, to be a part of the I'm not paying it because I don't have to. And there is an eviction moratorium. I haven't personally been affected by that from any of my tenants. And, you know, again, it's not because I'm this great guy. I don't think that's the case. But I do think that I try to make an effort to make sure that I take care of people when they most need it and when I least have to. Right. Um, and, and I do absolutely believe that with a lot of these corporations, they're just so behind spirit airlines is a perfect example of a company that is doing the most with as little as possible, not taking care of its people. And these are the consequences of that. Right. And so, yeah, you know, everything is politicized. It's a, it's a, it's an administration that is 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 hell bent on running up an already large deficit, and 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 frankly, doing what the Trump administration started and the Obama administration before that and the Bush administration before that. I mean, I, I could go on, but 
you know, these handouts aren't new. They just have different names, right, Nick? We talked about it last week, right? Yep. Yeah, the, we got checks from, yeah, all the presidents. <laughs> <laughs> it's that old rap line, don't worry if I write lyrics, I write checks. <laughs> That's the presidents. Puff, you know, puff, go, go, go Puff Daddy, right? Our presidents are the Puff Daddy of government. Sending them out. Sending them out. Um, let's get political. Is Andrew Cuomo going to jail? We, we said a year ago that it, it didn't look too good. Everybody was so, so in love with this guy and he won an Emmy and, you know, he had a nipple ring and Chelsea Handler was all over him. And it looks like, it looks like um, Mr. Cuomo's got a lot of explaining to do. And it also looks like he's going to have to do that in a criminal court now. Oh, yeah. And he was... Uh early COVID darling with his media appearance appearances and then was caught lying about the level of cases in the nursing homes. You remember that one. And so um, it's been a wild ride. I mean, evidence on both sides. What was my tweet? Uh, grab Cuomo by the pussy, right? And so, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to, you know, I mean, I think that sums it up pretty good. I, I don't know if he's going to jail. Probably not. If he is, maybe he'll get out on a technicality and play some golf with Bill Cosby. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Eat some jello. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it, it looks like some, uh, what do you call them, DAs or whatever, have taken the report that came out and opened criminal investigations. Yeah, we'll see what comes of it. Um, but it, clearly uh, a rampant on uh, both sides of the aisle and, and, and par for the course. And, and I'll tell you what I was thinking about while you asked me that is, you know, Bill Gates was further distancing himself from Mr. Epstein this week, you know, mm. in a relationship mm. that previously he said never existed. And now he's regretting that it did exist. And so you see how these just things morph and change over time. Right? We called that one a while back too, if I'm not mistaken, early, 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 right? Right. I think we talked about how it was interesting to us that in the divorce proceedings, the only thing that was leaked to the media was his now ex-wife's displeasure with the relationship with Epstein, right? And it was curious to me that that, that was the only thing that was leaked. And it was a little thing back then, but I think um, I, I think Bill Gates is going to have some explaining to do here in a little bit. And I think he's trying to get in front of it, unlike Spirit Airlines. Um, but we're going to see, again, there's still, still not very many arrests or convictions of anyone related to Epstein in what was a global sex trafficking ring. I don't know how you can be a part of a global sex trafficking ring and have as few convictions and arrests as this case has been able to produce. I know people that have gone to prison for letting somebody use the phone to make a drug deal. And they didn't know, allegedly, that the phone was being used for a drug deal. It's called conspiracy. Quick two years. Quick two years. Hmm. As a matter of fact, a famous football player. It happened to a football player. I forget forget his name, but like four or five years ago, some a buddy of his childhood friend used his phone and uh, negotiated a deal for like 300 pounds of marijuana or something like that. And um, he ended up having to do some prison time for it. Ruined his career. And now marijuana is legal and everything is awesome. And, you know, the tax revenue is coming in. Everybody's high. Crazy system. Amazing. It's amazing. And well, and well, speaking of the system, when those who are at the top of the system, literally the richest men in the world 
and you know put on your tinfoil hat but uh who were uh, often seen in public and dining with uh epstein and you got the whole you know wexler connection and then literally uh you know uh, prime ministers of sovereign nations and i mean all the way to the top and then it's not hard to wonder why there's been uh, so few arrests right hmm speaking of that right speaking of that and, and we like to highlight the different um criminal justice systems here in america often um did you see body and clyde were pardoned by the missouri governor <laughs> I didn't. I saw Missouri was on the little thing there, but I didn't know why. So do, do, do you remember uh, during the Black Lives Matter protest, the the, the the gentleman that came out with the assault rifle and the wife that was holding up like a small oh, yeah. caliber handgun? She was holding it up like she was. I mean, it was like the cutest, saddest thing at the same time. Right. I mean, they were. Oh, yeah. They were like they were like dressed for brunch. <laughs> they were, you know, pink shirt, khaki pants, you know, tucked in. Um completely mishandling the weapons that they were pointing at the protesters that were walking by um, their, their private residence. And so, you know, the governor had promised that, look, no matter what happens to you, you were pointing it at the right people, the ones I don't like, right? The Black Lives Matters protesters. And so sure enough, uh, Mr. Mike Parson, Missouri governor, made good on his promise and uh, went ahead and pardoned them pardon them. They mind you, they pled guilty. So in America, everybody, for everybody listening out there, I could plead guilty to fourth degree assault for pointing a weapon at your face <laughs> and pay a $750 fine and get, you know, it was a misdemeanor fourth degree assault case. Um, and, 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 you know, have, have the stain to my reputation and if I know the right people or the right person or I've contributed to the right party, um, I can just make a phone call and it goes away as if it never happened. And so, again, it's 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 there's no other country I'd rather live in, but I absolutely am hell bent on trying to do my part to highlight the ways that we can make it better because it is a great country and we can absolutely make it a much better uh, more equal, more efficient, productive, intelligent country. And, you know, whatever little bit I can do, I'm hell bent on trying to do it. But yeah, uh, this it's disheartening, not because it was, you know, anyone was hurt or anything along those lines. It's just, once again, it's a stain on our justice system and the way that things operate. And it's so blatant. And I've said this over and over on this podcast. It's so blatant that nobody gives a fuck anymore. They are telling well, it, you it doesn't yeah, matter. Blatant partisan hackery, yeah. Anyhow, we skip copper and we we skip the VIX. Let me go back to the markets really quick, Nick. Um, copper, copper is, is is at an interesting inflection point. It's sitting there at four thirty one. It's still at four thirty one a pound, despite the fact that you know China's been selling into the market, trying to keep spot prices down while it locks up resource deals directly with mines all over the world. Brilliantly, by the way. Kudos to them on that front. Um, how do you feel about copper in the price action right now? I think copper is strong. We knew that China was doing this a, a month or two ago, right? This, the, the China selling isn't anything new. We have to go back to that uh, electrification of everything and the overarching in, inflation that's at uh, hand. But the copper prices, I think, are telling you that um, 
the global economy is continuing to recover and it's going to need a lot of copper and there's uh, not a lot to replace it. And um, I guess what's interesting is that last week we were talking about how this inflation is sort of round robin, right? And we're playing whack-a-mole with, see, lumber's going down, see, oil's going down. And it's like, you can point to another one and I could say, yeah, but whatever, rare earth oxides are going up and tin is going up and nickel's going up. And we could play that game uh, all day long. But, you know, the ultimate, you know, whatever, commodity super cycle indicator or the doctor uh, is copper. And, and, and that chart still looks pretty darn healthy. Agreed. I agree with everything you said. Um, the VIX, I know you watch the VIX quite closely, as do I in the tenure. We touched on the tenure a bit. Um, how are you feeling as far as the VIX goes and, and what that's telling us about, you know, the overall indices and, and their likelihood to continue higher, right? It's elevated. I mean, it's elevated mm-hmm. compared compared to, to where it was uh, in July when we were having these uh, monthly sell-offs. And so... Uh, if you remember the first half of the year, we were saying uh, this isn't it. This isn't it. The stocks are going to go back up, and the the VIX was uh, still trending uh, down. I'm not sure if the the VIX has broke its trend, but it hasn't gone to like the lows of uh, late June and early July when stocks were hitting records. And again, uh, it's on thin volume, and so uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna commit entirely to saying, you know, the, the trend for the, the VIX is going to remain down and, and we're going to uh, go back to, to new highs and everything's going to remain awesome. I'm going to say that uh, what I just said, that it's not back to its lows and we're going to wait another week and watch. Indeed. Indeed. Um, we've talked on this podcast at length about, you know, my 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 speculation, which isn't speculation anymore. Um, that most of the weapons that end up in Mexico in the hands of the cartels uh, were coming from the U.S., just like most of the weapons that end up in Chicago end up coming from Indiana um, and or sometimes Atlanta, right? But mostly Indiana. And, and that's been proven. And now the Mexican government is suing United States gun manufacturers and distributors in federal court um, saying that their negligent and illegal commercial practices have unleashed Tremendous bloodshed in bloodshed in Mexico. Obviously, an understatement, but you know, um, it's Smith and Wesson, it's Beretta, it's Colt, it's Glock. Um, there's a Boston area wholesaler uh, that sells guns and and to, to to dealers around the U.S. That's named in the lawsuit. Um, they haven't commented. Mexico obviously is 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 negligent in not being able to get the civil war that's gone on for over a decade in that country um under control in any meaningful way 97% of murders go unsolved um in many towns there are no police departments um but this i actually think is a step in the right direction at the very least so we could get some disclosure in court about the business practices and a flowchart of how these weapons are ending up there, right? Because it's all either U.S. weapons or Israeli weapons. And this isn't speculation. I've seen them. And again, this is a country that issues, I think it's something like 50 gun permits a year, legal ones, the entire country, right? So the guns are coming from somewhere. Uh, 
people keep dying. I'm curious to see if this ends up going anywhere, but we'll see. I have a question about the type of weapons. I saw this lawsuit and I was going to ask you about it. You obviously saw it as well. Is it when you say you've seen the weapons, you talk about the let's what do they say in the in the news the military style weapons the ars or whatever right m16s um and those are manufactured by obviously u.s manufacturers but um you would think that some of them have to go through the u.s government right and so when i you talk about the flow chart and when mm-hmm. i saw this when i saw this uh lawsuit i was thinking to myself well is the u.s government going to be named because if those mm. if the if 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 the guns aren't being sold if like there's not remington sales reps going to zacatecas like if they're going through the u.s government first and i don't know i mean i'm a total neophyte on this topic i mean yeah. i don't really know but but it seems to me like uh and i maybe maybe they are but i don't think the the gun companies are and directly laundering companies into Mexico. And just like I don't think that uh, you can hold a gun company responsible for uh, like whatever, like Sandy Hook or school shootings, Correct. for example. I, I mean, they manufacture weapons. That's what they do. And so uh, if they are directly involved in whatever, letting people get them illegally or transporting them illegally or laundering them into other countries, of course, they should be held accountable. And like you say, I'd like to see the data, but... Uh, I can't imagine, and again, maybe I'm stupid, but I think there would have to be some sort of intermediary there, and I'd be interested to to learn who that was. Uh, a, a lot to unpack there. Um, the the weapons are, yes, you, you know, your your assault assault rifles and your handguns and all the other stuff, the traditional stuff, and then you got the more, you know, um, Israeli-provided um, weapons, like the missile launchers and some of the other more high-tech stuff that exists, but it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, Sandy Hook and the inability to hold gun manufacturers liable for violence that happens in the U.S. Because what 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 what's happened is in the early 2000s, there were about 30 cities that tried to sue gun manufacturers saying exactly that. You guys, hey, just like tobacco companies are responsible for, you know, pitching the kids and not disclosing how deadly the cigarettes were. You guys are responsible for not being able to distribute these weapons in a way that holds the user accountable in any kind of meaningful fashion. That got laughed out of court. That didn't go anywhere because gun manufacturers did what I encourage everyone to do. If you have the money and the influence, you go to Congress and you get an immunity statute for the, for yourself, right? Which is exactly what they did. And so the lawsuit is premised, and I do think it's a long shot. I just want to see the discovery. Um, the lawsuit is premised on the fact that Mexico doesn't believe that immunity applies if the injury is occurring outside of the United States. And that and that is interesting to me. That is interesting to me. It's it's the first of its kind, um, this type of lawsuit. And I I I I'm curious to follow it just to see if you know this is a transnational immunity, um, or or if 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 indeed they are liable if they are funneling weapons um, to Mexico, right, directly. And, and look, the, the U.S. has been complicit in this. We're, we're talking two different, just to be clear, we're talking government and we're talking private gun manufacturers. It's the gun manufacturers that are getting sued here. But we know the U.S. has been complicit in, in, in sending arms, you know, elsewhere and, and shit, providing some cocaine in order to, 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 to do it, right? We know about 
um, the Iran-Contra scandal and, you know, everything that happened there and the civil wars that were started in Nicaragua and El Salvador in the 80s. I have friends that left El Salvador in the 80s as kids because of everything that came with that. And um, so, so, so we know that governments around the world do this. Will the actual manufacturers, the private gun manufacturers, um, be held liable if it's outside the country? I, I, I don't have a, I don't have an answer because there is no precedent for this. But I, I do want to see it work its way through federal court, and I want to see what the defense is. I want to see, you know, the flowchart. I, I, I mean, if you could at least identify, you know, that X amount are coming from this manufacturer, and it's being done in this fashion, and and th- these are the quantities being sold. Um, then at least maybe there is a way to target uh, the abusive uh, selling or or illegal selling if if that's happening. Just like you know the gun shows in Indiana, where you, you know, I often say that because Chicago is you know I, I, it's like a second home to me. It's where I spent my childhood, and everybody knows Chicago's got very strict gun laws. But you could just take a little trip to Indiana, take a quick drive, and come back with a bag full for everybody if you have the money. And oftentimes back. Back, back, you know, a few years back, they weren't even checking IDs. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Mm. I, I would like to see as well. Agreed. Did you see um, Ashley Babbitt's family? And this is the the, the young lady that was at the Capitol um, with the group that was looking to kick their way into the Capitol and breaking windows. And, and this is the young lady that got shot uh, and was killed. Did you see the lawsuit that she filed? She just filed... The family just filed on her behalf a $10 million wrongful death lawsuit against the Capitol Police. Their attorney says she was ambushed by the officer. She was ambushed by the officer who shot her and was given no warning or verbal command. I mean, I saw the video and I heard the warnings and it was more than once. So I don't know how this goes anywhere. You know, talking about lawsuits that that, that that are a long shot. I don't see how this goes anywhere. But um, again, you know, in America, you can storm the Capitol. You can try to. I, it, I mean, this is the fucking United States Capitol. You can be there with. And a, it's on video, right? And it's on video. And if, what did we say the other week? The polarization of nuttiness or the amplification of nuttiness? The, po- the polarization like- of nuttiness. Yes. And uh, kudos to Mr. Michael Hudson who coined that phrase. And, and, and I, I, I borrowed it directly, but with credit as one should do. Right, Mr. Hodge? Mm, <laughs> what a segue. Just a little credit. That's it. We're not asking for much, baby. Just give us a shout out. <laughs> a little link. A little bit. <laughs> Just a tip. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> What else you got on your mind, Nick? No, uh, that's it. I mean, you said we were going to talk about it. I'll talk about it for a second. We had a a newsletter promotion about decentralized energy and virtual power plants and how uh, you're going to be able to buy and sell energy with an app on your smartphone. And we presented a picture of what that might look like and um, said it would energy would become a product bought and sold like any good on Amazon and we even called it the Amazon of energy. And then in the past couple of weeks, another big publisher called Stansberry Research is out with a similar promotion, basically about how everything is going to be electrified. <laughs> and 
uh, is going to be powered by these things called virtual power plants. And you're going to be able to buy and sell energy just like a good on Amazon. And they even had an image that was quite similar to the uh, image that we created to show how that might be done. And instead of selling power to someone in uh, Oklahoma, their, their example was uh, someone in Nebraska. So, you know, um, like I was saying when I addressed it earlier this week or last week, actually, because this will come out next week, it's, you know, egos and stealing copy aside as the reader, what you should take away from that is, you know, that one of the largest financial publishers in the world who regards themselves as one of the best is publishing information to get sales that they took from someone else and months and months and months <coughs> later as well. And so, you know, if the goal of investing is to be ahead of the herd and to find the next big idea first and to get in earlier than the next guy, um, it doesn't really reconcile in my brain how you can do that if you're stealing someone's ideas and publishing them four or five months later. So uh, anyway, if I think the guy's name is Eric Wade, would like to come discuss uh, virtual power plants or how he came to find that idea or where he got the image. Copy, yeah. Where let, the copy let, came from. I'd be happy to discuss it. And listen, let me be absolutely clear. That image isn't similar. I zoomed in on it unless he was at the same house with the same app from the same company. And that house had the same input energy input and output to the grid and input from solar, unless somehow he happened to get with the same house, and I happen to know which house that image came from, I believe. <laughs> uh, it wasn't similar. It was the same fucking image. So open platform, as always, to anyone. You can always reach out, um, Eric. And, and I think I think their cell phone might have been on Wi-Fi and ours was on LTE, Gerardo. But for the, <laughs> you know. Uh, I was going to make a joke and then I remembered um, uh, the baby and I decided I'm not going to make that joke because I don't want to get canceled <laughs> if it's misinterpreted. Are you familiar with a rapper known as The Baby? I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar. The Baby is a very, very charismatic, successful rapper who has done, you know, comes from a very, very tough background. Does he have a podcast? He, he does not have a podcast. What oh. he did have and does have is a, a very successful career in hip hop. Mind you, this is a gentleman that's a couple of years you know, removed from the streets. He was in a situation a few years ago where he's in a Walmart. He's there with his two-year-old daughter. A couple of guys try to rob him. He ends up taking the gun from him, shoots him in the head, kills the guy, gets off on self-defense. So this is someone that you know is, is, is clearly still adjusting from everything that comes with being in the streets and the situations that can happen. And in his case, you know, there's, there, there's been some, some death involved, um, caused by Mr. Baby. And so, you know, he's, 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 he's not, though he's extremely charismatic and extremely talented. He's not the most media polished guy out there. And so he made some comments at a recent music festival that managed to unite everybody from Elton John to the news people to Madonna um, and, 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 and the comments, the comments were very homophobic, 
um, talked about people with HIV and AIDS. I won't repeat them because they were pretty vile. Um, but you know, he 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 basically um, insulted an entire community of of LGBTQ plus you know people that 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 are clearly influential because Mr. Baby now has been dropped from every single music festival um, that he was booked for. And let me be clear, he was booked for all of them, right? So, you know, it's estimated he's going to lose anywhere between seven to $10 million in festival money just in this next two quarters. These next two quarters, if you're wondering how lucrative touring can be, right? And having a successful career and being able to monetize it. Um, and so, you know, he then followed that up by doubling down and saying, you know, that he 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 said my gays, the people that listen to my music, you know, they they they're not out there giving head in the parking lot. <laughs> they don't have those deadly sexually transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two to three weeks. Um, so I'm not talking about all gays. It, it, that was his like initial double down kind of apology made it worse type thing. And so everybody, you know, immediately dropped him. Um, he's pissed a lot of people off. So, Mr. Baby, you got it. You got to get it together, man. That's a, that's that's. <laughs> there's a better way to live. You know, he issued an apology that that was very very appropriate, but way late, way late. And you could tell, you know, he brought in the PR people to kind of write it up and all that. And look, the guy's young. We all say stuff when we're young. I remember Mark Wahlberg uh, when he was 17, 16, 18. I I don't recall the exact age, but you know, he was convicted for multiple, multiple incidents where he's calling black people the N-word and Asian people, you know, all sorts of, of derogatory names. And he beat up a couple of people and he used to throw rocks at black kids. And, you know, and, and now look at Mr. Wahlberg, right? Successful entrepreneur, actor, businessman, um, has grown. Looks like he's changed. Who knows what he thinks? Nobody really knows. But, you know, he, he, he's made a, a responsible uh, living for himself and he's conducted himself in a way that you know, it's been 30 something years since that happened, 30, 35 years since that happened. You would think that if people are willing to change, you should give them a chance. I hope Mr. Baby is sincere about his change of heart. And I hope he gets educated on some of these issues because, you know, uh, dying and being gay um, aren't exclusive, right? Well, now I'm going to tell you about Dave Grohl because you started talking about homophobic musicians. Did you see Dave Grohl, what Dave Grohl did this week? What did Mr. Grohl do? So he was, he, he was uh, performing and uh, where was he performing? In Kansas. And the Westboro Baptist Church was <laughs> uh, protesting. You're familiar. You're laughing. So yeah. that's why the, that's why transphobic came to mind. So yep. they were holding signs about God hates idols and uh, all these other things. Well, Mr. Grohl rents a, a truck, a, a utility truck, a work truck with a big bed. And puts a full <laughs> band with backup singers in the bed of it and drives to where the Westboro Baptist Church is protesting his concert and proceeds to play for them. The Bee Gees, you should be dancing. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. And we need more of that. That is so great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the baby to get it together and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that there. Um, what are you watching in the market stock wise, Mr. Hodge? We got another, you know, three weeks or so, three to four weeks, call it a month of the summer doldrums. People are clearly out and about 
Um, people are clearly not in the office as much as they used to be. Uh, I know because if you go to resourcetalkdigest.com, where you know we, we reach out to leading CEOs and analysts and thinkers in the resource space, you know, there's always a good seven, eight, nine, ten interviews a week. And I can tell you this week, you know, a good four or five, but it's 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 like pulling teeth right now to get people on the phone to even talk about their company, right? Which is kind of a kind of rare. Um, you don't see that too often. So people are clearly out and about. But in this last month, what are you watching for? What is there to take advantage of? I wrote this week that I thought, you know, the negative rates globally um, and falling rates where we're good for gold here in the short term. We're going to find out in the next week or two, because I think you're right. It has to it has to pivot back to 1800 and go from there. But um, there's a lot that I like out there that seems extremely cheap. Is there anything that sticks out to you? There's again, it's a very busy time. And so I can just tell you what I was doing this week and um, maybe throw a bit of a curveball. I continue to build positions in uh, utilities. I continue to um, top off on things that um, I might have bought at the wrong price. Uh, generation mining would be, uh, I guess, the example I was citing in the in the letter this week. Right, I went into that before the Sabanye decision, knowing damn well the Sabanye decision could be no, and that the market wouldn't like that. And wrote as much at the time, and so, and also wrote that you, you should not buy everything that you want before that decision. And so here you get a chance to buy uh, what I thought was going to be a twenty percent correction, uh, much deeper than that, right? And so I took advantage of that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, any uranium pullbacks? I, I think uh, you should be looking at. Um, and here's the curveballs. I think tech is looking okay. Um, I'm looking for tech things to buy. I, I found one big company that I, I like. I'll probably be writing about that in Foundational Profits issue this week. Um, and what was the curveball? Oh, um, you know, it's uh, tax loss gets earlier and earlier every year, and so. Um, you know, if there's any dogs in your portfolio that make you angry every day or that <laughs> small, that are smaller positions or that you're tired of watching, you know, um, let's cut it out and, and, and buy into the other ones that you're, you want to be into the, uh, fall and, and, and next year with, as long as, you know, you're comfortable doing so and know all your stories, et cetera. So anyway, I don't know. Those are my thoughts for what I'm doing. I like it. Um, I think everybody should peak. And, and, and I've added some recently. And I also participated in a recent financing. And we also um, went ahead and provided subscribers of Junior Resource Insider with access to this financing at 16 cents. But Patriot Battery Metals is, is, is interesting to me at current levels, despite the fact that we helped finance it at 16 cents just, you know, I think less than a month or two ago. Um, it's at 41 cents. But I know that they've engaged... And then they press released this yesterday, you know, a pretty active marketing group that I believe, I believe will kick off its marketing efforts, building awareness for the company here in the next week. And I think if they are successful and they have been very successful in the past, I think that goes a lot higher. So Patriot Battery Metals is interesting to me. And then look, there's, there's companies, Nick, that I look at and I am just laughing at the price because in a year we're going to be looking back and realize how crazy it was. And, and Hannon is the one that's really sticking out to me right now. Hannon Metals, 
I, I mean, knew you were going to say it. It's just, I am sitting, 20 some cents today. 20 some cents. I am licking my chops. I, I can't get checks fast enough in my account, Nick, <laughs> to go, go get more Hannon because it's just damn attractive at these levels. They control an entire basin, right? And, 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 you know, the analog for this in the oil space was Recon Africa, right? Uh, ticker symbol, I believe, Nick, R-E-C-O. Is that still the case? Yep. And, and you know, that was something that we, we looked at when it was like 40 or 50 cents and they control the basin as well. And it, it's an oil, but it's worked out well thus far. And, you know, that got to, I, I think at its height, it was somewhere like at 11, 12 bucks Canadian. Now, and it's 1385 Canadian. There you go. 1385 Canadian. And it's because once you have a basin and you make a discovery, uh, there's a strong likelihood that that basin is going to yield a whole lot more than just one, right? And so I think with Hannon, we had the instability in Peru with, around the elections. That's becoming more stable. Stable, not stable, but stable in the mining sense and predictable at least by the day. Um, we had COVID, which set back the efforts to drill this year. That's now been put off until early 2022. But in the meantime, I mean, the company is putting out samples of copper and now gold from everywhere. And it's high grade and silver, by the way. So if you like copper and you like gold and you like silver and you like a company that has the potential to deliver multiple company makers, you should absolutely be buying Hannon at these levels with its tiny little $24 million market cap. It's a steal. It's really cheap and the, the shares have broken down for reasons that you said. And so uh, warrants came in recently, which shows that uh, strategic and deeper pocketed investors uh, are still aligned with the story and uh, believe in it. And so, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Full disclosure, we exercised our warrants. They were about to expire. They, they, it, it, the, the, the warrants weren't in the money by much, a couple of pennies. Um, but the point was just to provide support to the Treasury to minimize dilution. Again, because we believe in the story and the company and in Michael Hudson and his team. And I think, uh, I, again, I think this time next year, we're going to look back at the chart and, uh, yeah, be pretty uh, be pretty happy about that one. The big old area. That's it. That's all I got, Mr. Hodge. Anything else you want to get off your mind? Nope. That was a pretty good one. I like it. I like it. I am Gerardo Del Real. I've been having the good fortune of chopping it up with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 129 of Bizarro World. Be nice to each other, everybody. Say bye, Nick. See ya.